One, one, two, three. Hello and welcome to the People Powered Green Left Podcast, where we give a voice to the 99% and not the big corporations. If you think this project is important, please consider becoming a supporter today. Now, on to our latest episode. Australian rare earth mining and refining company Linus took advantage of the poor regulatory framework and corruption in Malaysia to build a toxic rare earth refinery in Gebeng near the city of Kuantan in Malaysia in 2012. Despite a broad and you know quite big opposition from many local residents and environmentalists in Malaysia and in Australia, the project went ahead. But now the refinery has created a mountain of toxic waste including radioactive material such as thorium and heavy metals like lead. Rare earths are used in electronics and wind turbines, catalytic converters, electric and hybrid motor vehicles, as well as in military equipment. And Linus is trying to ride the wave of strategic tension between rich western states and China by promoting itself on its corporate website as the only producer of scale of separated rares outside China. Well, I spoke to Li Tan, a long-time campaigner against the Linus refinery and a former cancer researcher. She now works as a campaigner and a researcher with AidWatch. Yes, um, this is what Linus is trying to do. Back in uh, 2012, when it was applying for the operating license in Malaysia, Linus had given two undertakings to remove the radioactive waste from Malaysia if there is no suitable location for it over there. Now, Linus has always wanted to keep the waste in Malaysia because of the lax um, environmental safeguards over there. Um, whereas in, in Australia and other advanced country, um, due to the very long half-life of the radionuclides that are found in the, in the radioactive waste, um, you know, they require very stringent um, regulatory type control in um, advanced country. But in Malaysia, the Atomic um, Energy Licensing Board had basically, you know, accommodated liners with hardly any standard at all. Um, yeah, it is a problem because even in, like, in a country like Australia, which is especially in um, the arid desert area, um, you know, proposal for radioactive waste arm like that um, put forward by Linus for low level radioactive um, waste had been um, rejected for over 30 years, both by experts and also the community. Um, and yet, you know, in a wet tropical country like Malaysia, with, you know, huge, massive monsoon deluge every year, um, and in a rainforest, um, I mean, this is what Linus is proposing to do, to carve out 
a last one of the last remaining remnant of a pristine rainforest for its shallow radioactive waste dump. Um, lie only with two millimeter thick or thin uh, HDE plastic. And that's like our garbage bag type of plastic um, we're talking about. Um, that's, not, that's not acceptable. Um, the rain intrusion or water intrusion, soil erosion, landslide, um, and all of the other factors will not guarantee that the radioactive materials and the heavy toxic, um, the toxic heavy metal from leaching out. This, this, uh, this site, um, I understand it is uh, quite close to uh, the heads of uh, uh, tributaries yeah. to the yes. Kwantan River. Yeah, there are two, yes, there are two rivers which is linked to the water flow from this particular site. The forest itself, Bukit Katam, is actually a catchment for the greater Kuantan River. Um, the water flows from the forest into Sungai Ara, which is the river directly linked to this, um, uh, the proposed site. It then joins with another river called Sungai Riau, uh, and Sungai Real then flow into Sungai Kuantan that travels through the city of Kuantan into the South China Sea. Um, and along the way, there are two water treatment plants. Um, in Kuantan, they actually tap river water for, um, uh, you know, yeah, drinking to, to supply the city. Um, so 90% of the Kuantan population will essentially be drinking water that potentially be contaminated with um, toxic elements from the Linus uh, waste dump if it is accepted. Now Linus has always made a lot, Linus and its supporters have always made a lot of the fact that this is supposedly low level radioactive waste. Uh, what are the dangers that arise yeah. uh, from, from okay. such waste? Sure. According to established international guidelines and standards, there is practically no safe dose of exposure to radia radiation, particular, particularly um, to radioactive elements like thorium and uranium, that are low level in terms of its radioactivity, but has, um, you know, in its decaying chain, very high energy, what they call daughters, like radiant, uh, radium, radon, polonium, and so on and so forth. Um, and because they have long half-life, they are decaying or radioactive for, a long time, we're talking about billions of years, which means that, um, you know, they, they forever um, hazardous. And the danger comes from the ionizing radiation. And that is when the particles um, that are radioactive enter into living cells, be it plant, animal, or human, it actually started to decay 
in the cell or in the body of um, living um, things. And it will damage the DNA, the building block of our cells. And if the dose is high enough, and remember they are cumulative over one's lifetime, and it can be even passed down to the future generation through eggs and sperms and so on and so forth. Um, so in the environment, they're cumulative. They won't go away. Um, so once it is released from the waste mass, it can enter into the environment and concentrate it somewhere else. And that those can increase through time. It's all very complex, but the Malaysian regulators are very ill-equipped um, and also politically overpowered to actually regulate uh, Linus and his waste. Plus Linus is kind of play up is um, geopolitical importance. And that kind of has intimidated um, even the most sympathetic, um, decent bureaucrats in Malaysia, including the former environment minister um, under the PH, the Pakatan Harapan coalition, Yobiyin herself, who enjoy a pretty high profile as quite an effective environmental minister. But, you know, even she felt bullied by Linus many times in the past. I understand that while Linus likes to, to, to present itself as providing uh, the West with an alternative uh, to dependence on China for, for, for rare earth products, this, yes. th there's, there's more to the story than this. This may not be uh, you know, a very strong argument in reality. Is this correct? Yes, it, that's, the press, that's the image Linus had basically play up and spin um, to, get, to gain traction and to gain funding initially from the Japanese government. Um, at that time, China and Japan were um, in conflict over the Shinjuku Island, I think it's called, it's called something else, Diao Yu Tai or something. Uh, somewhere in the East China Sea. Um, so, yeah, and because of that conflict, J Japan was trying to show China it has um, an alternate supplier of rare earths. And that was at a time when Linus was looking for funds to build the Malaysian plant. It's around 2010, 2011. Um, and without the Japanese funding, Linus wouldn't have got the plant in in um, in uh, Malaysia up and going um, up to today, and so Linus is still owing Japan um, the loan, and and again you know that's also showing that Linus is not that commercially profitable business. Otherwise, it would have paid off the loan by now, um, and that's number one playing the geopolitics. And then later on in recent years, under the Trump administration, when US and China got engaged in a trade war, Linus once again play that geopolitical politic, um, yeah, um, conflict by talking up itself as being a non-Chinese 
uh, supplier of rare earths. Um, and of course, you know, because of that, it's got a small grant for research um, from, the, from Pandacon. Again, you know, that's actually a couple of lies there from Linus in that sense, or a couple of um, hidden truths that has not been told. Number one, Linus is only a predominantly light rare earth uh, producer. And, and what it produces is not the pure rare earth elements. To get it purified and refined, Linus has to go through Japan and China to do that. And so while criticizing and, and um, you know, China for being a monopoly, Linus is also dependent on China to buy its rare earth um, oxides. They crude rare earth, um, they're not pure rare earth elements um, to keep it, you know, cash, uh, to, to keep um, the cash flow going for the company. So that's one of the issues. Another issue is, um, um, yeah, so that, that's actually like two, yeah. First is that it hasn't got that much um, heavy rare earth. Okay, that's, that's the point. With Pentagon, they're looking for heavy rare earth for their military technological <laughs> development, but, uh, but Linus has very little, I'll say less than 10% if, if that, of heavy rare earth in its um, deposit. Plus its quantum plant is not actually ex extracting even the crude rare earth um, efficiently. And because of that, it is producing at least one and a half time more radioactive waste um, as compared to its original blueprint um, figures. So there's a lot of um, hidden truth that hasn't actually come out. And eventually we'll try and document all of that, you know, back up with facts mm. um, to, to show up exactly what this Linus uh, Rare Earth Company is like, and also to show some of the um, um, problems it has created for Malaysia and the environment in Malaysia. Now, campaigns have been waged for many years, both in Malaysia and and in Australia, and I guess you could say internationally, um, against this Linus um, uh, project. Uh, but uh, I guess a lot of uh, the Malaysian part of the campaign, cam many of the campaigners there would have placed uh, or looked with great hope on the former Pakatan Harapan government uh, when it got elected. You know, so yes. what what is the what is your, uh, you know, what is your, uh, uh, if you like, summing up of that period? You know, how much was their mm. hopes uh, met and how much were they dashed? Okay, firstly, Pakaran Harapan um, was lacking in experience in playing politics. Secondly, we have Mahathir Muhammad being the culprit in undermining many of the um, Pakatan Harapan um, promises. Um, and and uh, Mahathir's appointment of Yobiyin as the environment minister had some, had a lot to do with um, him 
needing to control, you know, this particular portfolio, ministerial portfolio. And also Mahathir's, um, what do you call that again? Um, packing the, the uh, cabinet with mostly Brasatu, um, uh, MPs um, and also Amana MPs and lesser of the PKR and DAP elected MPs is a problem or, you know, and, um, and Mahathir's close alliance with Japan is another problem. Japan needed Linus to survive, you know, partly to pay back its loan. Secondly, to keep um, China at bay, at least on the surface, um, you know, to, to show that it is not entirely relying on China to be the sole supplier of rare earth. Um, yeah, so that close alliance with Mahatel had made him interfere with the decision of Environment Minister uh, uh, Yobi Yun. She, in her executive review recommendation, stated very clearly that if Linus cannot remove the waste, um, then, you know, the plant will be shut down. But Mahathir kind of dug in his heel by saying that nobody's going to accept the waste. Really, it's not Malaysia's problem. It is Linus' problem. Malaysia should just compel Linus to remove the waste and put pressure on Linus to deal with it. Um, yeah, and, and Linus is so good at playing geopolitics. You know, why can't it use its geopolitical kind of strategy to deal with the waste? Um, yeah, and instead, you know, Yobirin has to make that kind of rather weak and embarrassing uh, move to try and get Australia to take aid and this and every other thing. When years ago, Australia had already made it very clear that it will not take another country's radioactive waste. Um, so because of that, there was a, a stalemate. Um, and so it went back to Malaysia again to find a location for the waste dump. Um, yeah, so, but we have to prove that Malaysia has no safe location for the waste dump now. And that's exactly what we're doing through this EIA review process to show how um, risky and hazardous it is for Linus to try and set up a, a radioactive waste dump in a rainforest area um, yeah, that, uh, pro that is prone to erosion and landslides. So are you, are you basically saying that under the Pakatan Harapan government, eventually mm. uh, it conceded uh, that um, the waste could stay in Malaysia as long as they found uh, a safe yeah. permanent yeah. dump? Well, that was always been, that, that was always been the um, kind of a license condition right from the Najib's uh, Barisan National. It was written in the original um, license condition anyway, mm. but Pakatan um, Harapan was trying to find a way to have the waste removed by forcing Linus to deal with it, remove it by September 2019 or uh, face license um, suspension. Uh, and then um, Mahathir intervened and it became 
you know, like looking for location again mm. um, in the renewed license, if you know what I mean. Yeah. So what's the current situation is the waste is piling up. Yes, Very the waste is right piling next up. to the plant. And Absolutely. actually in 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 a in a and it's in a much more hazardous situation. Is that correct? It is I yeah, it is in a hazardous situation, whether it's worse or what. The the new location won't be any better. In fact, it's worse because first you have to cover you know, lock the forest and then you have to cover out land to put in the waste and then you have to transport the waste. Um, and literally you're scattering the waste further and wider, a mm. few, and that's really not acceptable for radioactive waste. Um, yeah, in the first place, Linus Waste Management was incoherent and is a mess. And in Australia, it would probably not be acceptable like that for a populated area, like Gabing Barlock area, which it is uh, where it is located right now, um, which is why a lot of mining projects are in remote desert area. And of course, you know, it affects local Aboriginal people. Um, but, you know, in Australia, local Aboriginal people has very little political power even though many of the communities had been protesting against anything hazardous, mining and so on and so forth. But, you know, we know the story. Organization in Malaysia, like Friends of the Earth, and also Safe Malaysia Stop Liners, SMSL, been busy, you know, putting submission, going through the EIA, and AWATCH is supporting them too through, through my work. Um, and, and we've got a few international um, expert lineup to put in their submission. Um, yeah, so, you know, along that, we felt that it was important that the government um, is put under the microscope and be pressured into knowing that there will be widespread international knowledge and uh, watching uh, uh, and, and um, people, you know, watching development. Um, yeah, as I might have mentioned earlier, the nuclear regulator in, in Malaysia has actually lowered the um, waste classification standard by allowing liners to um, dump the waste in a shallow landfill when it should be a proper radioactive waste dump um, that has to meet much more stringent engineering um, design and standard and location selection and so on and so forth. Um, so this, this um, online submission is really important. The more people we get to sign this submission, they can tailor it, um, you know, to, to reflect their views um, and opinion that uh, is also possible through the online too. Um, yeah, it's actually really on top of the, you know, professional submission, the civil society submission. It is a campaigning tool um, to try and put more pressure on uh, Malaysia and also for Linus to see that, look, they can't just go on exploiting Malaysia, um, you know, this way and playing ge geopolitics. Um, and this particularly, this particular EIA review is one avenue we campaign against Linus 
um, and is very exploitative modus operandi. But later, we will do more based on its um, ongoing track record and problematic um, practices in Malaysia and also its um, international geopolitical spin. Um, so it won't be the end of the story, but we hope the EIA won't be accepted um, anyway. Otherwise, there will be court challenges and so on and so forth. That was Li Tan, an environmental campaigner and researcher and a veteran campaigner against the toxic Linus rare earth refinery in Malaysia. My name is Peter Boyle and this was a report for Green Left. I hope you got a lot out of this episode. To continue producing shows like this, we need your support. Consider becoming a supporter for $5 a month, sharing this show on social media, and submitting your own stories. You can do all this at our website, greenleft.org.au.